I seen Nigel begging his photo on the table the other night <laughs> <laughs> to get him Did you see that? Did you see what he doing that? <laughs> All right. Oh, Cinco, cuatro, tres, dos. Uno. Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Big Cozy, Too Cozy. Shouts out to everybody checking in with the Highly Advised Podcast. This is episode 48. You know, we're really close to the Big 50, so shouts out to everybody that's tuning in. What's up, guys? I'm here with Nigel motherfucker Uno, a.k.a. Nigel No Shame, Relaxing Jackson. I'm here with Spence, a.k.a. St. Picasso, a.k.a. The Face That Runs The Place, a.k.a. St. Kitch. What's up, guys? Let the motherfuckers know how you doing. Yes, I call them motherfuckers because that's what they are. Wolf hunters. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Checking in. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Can't call it, man. Uh, I think this episode 48 marks a year straight. This is like a one year anniversary that we've been on so far, which is crazy. Mm. Well, yes, sir. Got to thank the listeners. Got to thank the listeners for everything from every part of the beginning to where we are right now. So that's all I got to say. Other than that, God is great. My paper street. And yeah, that's it. What's going on, y'all? This is relaxing. No G underscore Jackson. And I didn't realize that this it's been a year that we've been doing a trade. It's kind of crazy. Like it just kind of sunk in. It's wild to think that we've been doing this for 52 weeks, 52 fucking weeks that we've been doing this. Thank you. Listeners 365. Here. 365. Like it's been a lot of effort. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a lot of a lot of things had to happen to make all these episodes come out when they did. Like a lot of a lot. So thank you guys for being here with us. Yes, sir. Most definitely. So before we really get into the topics today, you know, run down through everything that happened in the past week or so. You know, how was your guys' week? How what did you guys get into? Anything special happened? Anything negative happened? Let let everybody know. Let me know because you know I'm definitely interested. The only day that I'm interested throughout the week. <laughs> <laughs> Any other day of the week, it's like, I don't care about your problems, man. Uh, all right, that's what's up, Clay. Anyway. It's like, yo, Lau, you'll never guess what happened, yo. They, they ran up on me. Well, that sounds personal. I'll talk to you later, man. Yeah. Is it Sunday? Is it Sunday? All right, hit me up then. We'll talk about it then. Bye. <laughs> No, nah, my it's week's like been all right. On you know, this is the first week where I've been able to walk without the crutches. Like, I'm pretty happy about that. You know what I mean? Life's been kind of good. Congratulations. Um, thank you, man. I appreciate it. It's another step towards, you know, being uh, 100%. And, you know, it's uh, really nice just to be able to, you know, take two steps at a time. It's like a lovely thing. That's good. That's good. What about you, Spence? I can't really call it at all. Everything's been good for the whole week. Sliced up my thumb. Uh, last week uh, cooking. So other than Ooh. that, though, I can't really. Tr- yeah, Where you cooking? nice little gash. Oh, uh, psh, what was it? Oh, I was making some soya beef. Okay. So what's that? Nice little gash. See, you ask me too many questions, man. Yeah. You just gonna say find out. I'm curious, man. I don't want to Google everything. Like shit, that's what friends are for. You're supposed to just have that shit on demand. You know the information. I'm not a shoulder to cry on, bro. Right. Talk to me only on Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> only on Sundays. <laughs> but nah, it's a um, it's like an African soya spice or whatever. Okay. Just rub it on. You put it on the beef. Cut it all up. Let it let it marinate, do its thing, and you cook it pretty much. But trying to trim some skirt steak and s- almost trim the piece of my finger—not uh, trim the piece of my finger off—but 
it was, it was it got it got a little bloody i'll say that for, to say the least but you getting uh stitches on it or no he just wrapped it up uh, slice the whole thing nah up. Nah, I took the Dr. Sebi route and I just wrapped it up. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I thought you might say you wrapped some sea moss on it. I was about to say, all right. <laughs> Go for it, man. <laughs> Yo, man, I got the sea moss on tug just in case. So I, you never know. Well, That's I what hope, you keep it for. I hope your finger doesn't fall off, man, because, you know... But- <laughs> You know, I'm just saying, you know, affection, you, then you decide to go to the doctor because you realize, like, <laughs> hey, I'm not a doctor. They're like, hey, man, it's just too late. We got to cut this shit. So <laughs> hopefully you don't get to that point. Hopefully you just heal up like you Wolverine or something. Nah, I, I should be good. I should be good. It's healing itself up, though. It was a, it was a bad little cut, but I've had worse. I've had worse. It just lets me know that my knives work when I'm cooking, so. While you were cooking, did you get to catch up with the Grammys or anything, man? I didn't get a chance to watch it initially, but I did see a lot on the timeline about get Freddie Gibbs because, you know, he was up for nomination for Rap Album of the Year, but <sighs> unfortunately, he did not get it from what I've heard. So all in all, like, I, I, who who ended up winning the, the Grammys, actually? Nas. Nas, the rap yeah. the, Nas won it? Yep. Yeah. It's like you can't be oh, so, wow. you can only be but so mad. You know what I mean? No, fuck yeah. that. It, <laughs> <laughs> Nas is Nas is he's forever a goat, right? You know, arguably you could be like he's top three rapper of all time, right? You know, you know, top three rap album of all time with Illmatic, and some people think Stillmatic. So, it, you know, he got the accolades, he got the history behind him. But when you're comparing King's Disease versus Alfredo, like, come on, you know. And I'm not saying King's Disease was a bad album, but you know, you compare that to Alfredo. I just saw Alfredo earned the recognition of best album of the year when it came to the Grammys. But shouts out to Nas. I'm glad that he finally got one under his belt. But I just thought that Freddie earned that one. I think Alfredo definitely deserved to win, you know, but I guess, you know, with the rules and the in the way that they play the game, you know, with the Grammys and whatever, they were probably like, hey, we owe Nas one. This album was actually a good one. And, you know, why not give it to him? Because honestly, like, let's, if I'm being real with myself, I'll say there's no way that that album takes it over Alfredo. I think it's just the way to justify it as the past actions. You know what I mean? No, man, that's bullshit. Because like, just because like, oh, we've been dicking this guy for years when we want to change, we're just going to give him one. Like, that's kind of like, hey, sorry, we dicked you for so many years. In a sense, they ended up fucking over Freddie Gibbs and Alchemist for a strong piece of body of work that they did. Two wrongs don't make a right, in a no. sense. I think the voting system with the Grammys, that obviously needs to change. I think that needs, they need to have a, you know, a strike team go in there and revamp the whole shit. Because Macklemore was saying, way back then when he won his Grammy over Kendrick, the people that's voting are people who only listen to what they fucking see on commercial TV or mainstream radio. They're not really dialed in into the fucking genre. So Macklemore at the time, he was really popular, but everybody who listens to rap music knows like he ain't really shit, you know? But to the mainstream hey, this is what I call music, pop CDs and shit. Macklemore's on there. So they thought in their mind, like, well, I don't know the rest of these guys, but I know Macklemore and I like that cringy-ass thrift thrift shop song. 
he he deserves travel to the air. And that's how the voting went. It wasn't yeah. people who listened, thoroughly listened to rap music and like, okay, this is going to be a very credible decision. No, it was just people who like, did I hear this song? No, I didn't hear. Okay, he wins. And that's how the voting's been. So kudos to them on getting better nominations that they have been in the past years, but it's still fucked up and they need to improve. I understand where you're coming from with that because in terms of like who had the better album last year, I think it's without question that Freddie Gibbs album was better than King's disease. But we also have to like kind of be like logical here, right? The awards that go out at the Grammys are based off pretty much commercial commercial success, right? Yeah. And we all know at the end of the day, no matter how good Freddie Gibbs and Alchemist album was, they aren't commercial artists and that album wasn't a commercial it, it wasn't a commercial release by almost every music platform across the board i think that was considered like the number one album that of last year by almost no matter if you're talking pitchfork to billboard in terms of rap albums last year but it's a system even um you have someone like ninth wonder that's on the on the grammy board at least they're moving in the right direction and towards in terms of who to pick or who's actually being nominated. But at the same time, man, I'm not upset just because it's because it's Nas and he he finally got one and it was a good album at the end of the day. It's just, I don't think, I think we all were just rooting for Freddie Gibbs at the end of the day. Like Freddie Gibbs even said, he's like, I may have lost this, but I'm undefeated in court. So it's one yeah. way, he had a positive way of looking at it, I guess you could say. I was going to say, you know, shout out for his positivity and all that. He probably already knew he wasn't going to win, so he didn't give a shit. He just wanted to have a good time. The fact that he even got to Grammys, even nominated, just speaks that he's really come far in his career. You know, it's it's a big deal for you to even be talked about the Grammys. So shouts out to him. Grammys is still corrupt, but <clears throat> you know what is, may not be corrupt? The fucking billboards. Because the billboard has revealed a little bit of history with Drake debuting for the first time ever with any artist across any genre, one, two, and three. That kind of puts him in goat status, man. And, um, of course, the of course, of course, the debate is always going to be all right. Him and Jay Z is kind of like LeBron versus Mike or right. Floyd versus right. Ali type shit. So, right. but the fact that he's in that realm just speaks like, yo, hopefully, Certified Lover Boy, man, it's a quality album. We know it's going to do its numbers. We know it's going to go platinum. We could argue about the numbers all the, you know, how much platinum he'll get. <laughs> But right. I think the thing is, like, is it going to be quality where we could be like, yo, this is timeless music or will it not? Well, so we'll see. That's my biggest concern. Yeah, he's getting all these accolades, recognition, and he does make good music. But will CLB be the shit? Will it be the shit? But shouts out to making one, two, and three. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I'll say this in terms of that question. I... I have confidence that CBL will be will live up to live up to his hype. I mean, of course, <laughs> of course. You said it's gonna go diamond. Uh, well, like, if you said anything different, like, that'd be crazy. Listen, <laughs> listen, uh, listen. I for one, I I believe it. Well, let me ask you this, Nigel. Speaking okay. of that, because I know in the last episode you said like, oh, Drake hasn't done or the last episode, and just you've been echoing this for for weeks now, right? Drake hasn't done anything that I haven't seen him done before, right? that makes you seem impressed that this album will be probably his highest, one of his highest selling albums, right? 
So with this being said, with him being one, two, and three on Billboard off of a mixed off of a mixtape or EP with three singles, have you seen anything new that impressed you by Drake? I never said no. Before you, uh, no, you're asking I mean, me a question. You, I'm about to answer it. I'm just, I'm just asking. I'm, I'm just about asking to answer question. your question. <laughs> Go ahead. Don't get defensive, man. Go ahead. Right. I, uh, you know, like I said, I think Drake's going to keep on doing great things because he's Drake. I don't expect him to not do great things. I think what he did was actually, you know, really dope. But once again, I just feel like five million in one week is just a lot. To go diamond in one week is a lot. That's all I'm saying. I don't think that's a crazy right. thing to say either. You know what I mean? Like, that's not so wild. Drake Drake has been, has uh, broke a few Billboard records before, has he not? So why should this be surprising to me? Just saying, you said man. <laughs> no, well, it's, it's great. Just, you, it's great, man. Like, I'm not trying to undermine it, but I mean, like, it's yeah, not a justification like for any. It. No, it's not a justification for anything else. It, essentially, what what Spence is trying to say is because he did this and it's something new that somebody has ever hasn't ever done before, he must go diamond with certified lover boy. No, I, I never that's said not, that. But that's what I, you're implying. But that's no, what you're I'm implying. Not, I, I, I'm and, not implying I, that. I'm, I'm not <laughs> implying. I'm not implying that. I'm asking you in the terms of the conversation we had. In terms of even even when I, I ended it off with four and a possible. So, and you even said I just don't see anything. Drake hasn't done anything that that makes me see. I haven't seen anything different or anything that's. It, is this? That's this not is, what I said I, I either. Think, I said, why hasn't Drake went diamond already? That's what I said. Like, if he right. if he's so capable of doing it, why hasn't he done it already? That's what I said. I didn't and say you, anything it, about anything any of his other great achievements or anything like that. That's that's no, like the you, left over there. No, but you did. You definitely did. Even it might not have been all Mike. It might have been off Mike. But you definitely did say, yo. I mean, I haven't seen anything. Like, you haven't seen anything that he's done in comparison to now. I don't remember saying that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember saying that, yo. Like, yo, I, yo listeners, convenient amnesia, man. For years, for years, Nigel has been battling that Drake is should it be getting the love and recognition. I remember when Kendrick was coming out. Kendrick was coming out with fire, fire music. Kendrick was on top of the world. See, Drake can't do that. See, Drake. <laughs> Drake could ever dream. <laughs> he could, you know, he could never dream of having the success of Kendrick and <laughs> they love the Kendrick. Here's a- he's not he's not a better rapper. Now, fast forward years later, Drake is just killing it from every angle. I'm not surprised it's Drake. He should be doing that. He should be doing it. Like all these backhanded records. No, I'm not even saying it like that. I'm just saying like no. Like I'm not trying to uh, to uh, undermine what he's doing or anything like that. I'm just saying that it's not really a justification for anything else. I didn't say anything else as to like how this is not dope. Like it's it's super dope. Like this is cool. Like I just I'm not at this point in time. I'm not surprised that he's breaking records because he's Drake. Like he's doing a lot of shit that a lot of, a lot of other rappers haven't been haven't done before. Now. If you want to like carry that over to the conversation that people are having about like the career of Jay Z and Drake or whatever, like I would take the career of Jay Z, but that's not to say that Drake's career isn't great. You know, I think I think the discussion is becoming even more clear like by the day. If you're going to talk about what I said years ago, up to this point in time right now, the conversation is becoming Jay Z or Drake. 
It is. And Kendrick's still great. Don't get me wrong. And I'm neither of their careers are done yet, but at this moment in time, that you can't you can't like rap and not give Drake his kudos in some way, shape, or form. You just can't. No, you can't you can't. And and me and Spence, we've been preaching that for years. Spence been preaching it before me. That's what, it's 2021. That's what's up. I, that's cool. That's cool that y'all said that years ago. <laughs> Like it's it's March 2021, so <laughs> I can't speak about what I said years ago. My opinions have changed. People have changed. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I'm just saying. We, we, I'm just I saying, just we, said it. <laughs> we, we've seen the light for a long time, and finally, that's what's up. We have cool. nothing else to hate on. <laughs> nothing yeah. else to hate see, on. See, that's cool because when I say that, like, oh yeah, I was like hype on John Jones before he like started winning. You're like. Oh, Nigel likes John Jones so much. Da, 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 da. But he when does. you talk about Drake and I say, oh, okay, that's what's up, you're like, oh, Nigel's a hater. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> so, but it's cool though. You know, shouts out to Drake. Shouts out did, to Drake. Did did you hate Benny's project? Nah, did I didn't hate, hate Benny's project, actually. What about you, Spence? Did you hate his project? Mm, nah, I was I was surprised. It was I actually liked it, to be honest with you. I was surprised I, I was gonna like plugs I met too. What'd you think of it? I wasn't a Oh, uh, I wasn't a fan of the first one, but this one it was good. I don't know where I place it so far. Granted, it's so still early in the in the year. I think we're we're in the second quarter now in terms of music. I have to wait to see what else comes out, but it's a good project. I don't know. It's just a good project. I I'm just waiting for Tana Talk for at this point, man. Like he says some dope stuff on this album, but I think the best song, the my favorite song off this album is Survivor's Remorse. So Okay, that that was a dope song. I think Plugs I Met 2 shits all over the first one. And oh, absolutely. I, I don't even think there's a debate. I listened to the both projects back-to-back, too, just to see if it was, like, recency bias. Like, no, it's just Plugs I Met 2, quality-wise, it is a better piece of work. I think Plugs I Met 2 right now might be the best rap project that dropped this year as far as just music goes. With that being said, of course, I think this is just, hey, this is just the appetizer to a much bigger main course meal. If the next project is Tana Talk 4 or whatever he decides to call it, if this is kind of like, hey, a preview of what's to come from Benny, we're probably going to be talking about Benny as like, hey, not the face. He might be one of the faces of where rap is going into in the next couple of years. I enjoyed Plugs I Met Too. I recommend anybody who likes real rap music to listen to Plugs I Met Too. If you like Lil Pump and Stick in the Booty Auto-Tune Guy, listen to them. But if you like real rap music that they're talking about, this is this is this is your guy. This is the guy, you know. Even Drake was showing mad love. A lot of people were showing him mad love over this weekend, over the project. So Plugs I Met Too is definitely a good project from Benny. I think the dopest thing about having this project is that I have the vinyl and I'll be able to hear the instrumentals on the backside. And I think like the production of this project was pretty well done. Like, you know, especially like there's a few songs, the song with two chains. I really fuck with that beat. Um, the song with uh, chinks on it, that beat's pretty fucking dope. So I'm uh, excited just to hear those play, you know, when I get that. I didn't even realize the vinyl comes with the instrumental mm-hmm. with it as well. Like that's going to be pretty dope. I know, it it was that joint, and then also um, him, French, and Jim Jones, which I think was pretty dope. Also, I was saying something before about it where French and Jim Jones went, at one point in time they had like a they had a huge tiff mm. for like the in the past decade. That's it. Def- 
Yeah, like it was a huge. They had a, like a a huge beef for like uh, for the last in the last decade because of like Max B and stuff. Granted, Jim has came out vocally and said said how he feels about Max still, but it's good to see that there that beyond the reconciliation, you have him, French Montana, Jim Jones, French Montana, and Benny the Butcher on the song that's produced by Harry Freud, who essentially came in with French Montana also. So, and on top of it, Jim has that project produced by uh, Harry DeFord. So what I want to, last thing I want to say, and I want to hear your guys thoughts. I know Spence, you already said that Survivor's Remorse was your song. For me, there's two songs on there that I really enjoyed. Plug Talk with Two Chains and I like No Instructions. I thought those two songs really was like, okay, these are dope ass songs. The second thing I want to say is Harry Fraud he might be in the running as producer of the year. He's he's dropping some gems so far in 2021. And it's Karen Goble from last year, because last year he did some uh, collaboration efforts as well. Like, for example, the joint with Larry June. This might be a Harry Fraud year. Shouts out to Harry Fraud. Hopefully he keeps on going and he keeps doing his damn thing. No, nah, that's abso- absolutely. I agree with that. Like, I think I- I'm curious to see what comes from this definitely for the rest of the year, because like you said, he said he created a good pace. For- he's creating a great pace for himself from Larry June last year to having Jim Jones this year to now Benny the Butcher, who's I think we all can agree out of all those, out of just those three artists, Benny the Butcher is the biggest artist out of those three in terms of music relevance. Correct. Yep. I agree with you. So I think hopefully we get to see one of those years similar to what we saw with Alchemist, where he's just producing classics or just almost classics on a lot of dope artists albums. So I I can't wait to see more from Harry Ford. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, he also did a joint with Jay Worthy as well. Kind of like, you know, sleeper type joint, but I still fucks with it. Plugs I met too, quick rating, you know, what would you guys give it out of five stars? If Just on top of your head. I think me off the top of my head, I give it a four. I was thinking about this the other day, because if I give Burden of Proof a five, I got to give this a four. And I don't mean to say that to compare the two. But like just in terms of quality, like it's a it's good enough to be a good, you know, project, like very solid. But it's not something where I'm just like, hey, like this is going to be probably the best thing I've heard all year. Like it's it's good, you know, definitely good enough to give a listen. Yeah, I would give I would give it a four. Also, it is a good project, but it's just not like I said, I'm waiting for Tana Talk for at the end of the day when it's all said and done. That's what I'm waiting on. So to me, it's a good project, but it. There's certain elements I feel like are missing that I can't put my finger on that gives it that five status. So, you know, it's funny that you say that because like when you say certain elements, you can't put your finger on. I just can't put my finger on why people take the time to really worry about Quavo and Sweetie. (laughs) (laughs) And I and I think about this shit. And, you know, shouts out to Quavo and Sweetie. Right. Right. I'm not a fan of Sweetie's music, but I, th- you know, shouts out to her for being able to do her thing and becoming one of the more notable female rap acts of today. And plus, you know, she's a, a beautiful tink. You know, I can understand why Quavo was dropping the bag on her and all that stuff. But their relationship, the relationship shit between them two, I was kind of like, yo, who gives a fuck? I, I understand it's entertaining for drama and all that dumb shit, but. Yeah, I think this shit is it's just stupid, man. It's so stupid. People coming up with theories and 
yo, they're cheating on each other nonstop. And I'm just like, hey, man, they're probably, they probably going to get get it in a few more times and realize, like, this shit is stupid. You know? I don't know, but what is your guys' take on that shit? Because social media has been talking about that shit. It's just entertainment. Like, similar to what you said, because at, at the end of the day, just like when we were talking about Kurt Franklin last week, right? That's, like, their personal life when it's all said and done. People are trying to pick these sides of, like, oh, either you're on Quavo's side or Sweetie's side, and just the memes that come from it are probably the most hilarious. I've seen Sweetie... Because I think she said, like, take care to whatever Quavo had tweeted. And then they put her face on the Take Care album cover of Drake Drake's album cover, which was hilarious. Um, but I don't know. To me, it's not really that deep. I think it's just the funniest thing out of the whole thing is just how it all began. Because Sweetie was like, yo, if I had to do a threesome, I would tell my boyfriend to pick another dude. And Quavo was just like, yeah, I got to drop you off. I got to drop you off. I got to take you. I got to send you back where you were from. So... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm curious to see how that's going to play out because, you know, Quavo wrote like the majority of our hits. So hey, you without, know, without them. Hey, good go luck to her. I it, I was reading some comments about it. And my bad, Nigel. I just had to get this one. Right, right. People were like, oh, the only reason why Quavo stayed relevant because it was with Sweetie. I was sitting there like, man, these people, they're, you know, they, they love fanboyism to the to the extreme. Let's be real. Who is the bigger artist, Quavo or Sweetie? Who's made more quality music, Quavo or Sweetie? Who who's going to be, you know, 5 years from now, they're going to hey, let's go cut on a Quavo song or let's cut on a Sweetie song. Let's be real. Quavo is it the best rapper of all time? We all know that, but he's part of one of the most iconic rap groups in the Migos. Sweetie She's part of this current rap female rap wave of like, hey, females are getting bigger, even though they're not rapping about shit. But you know, they're they're getting bigger, and she's one of the top ones. No, no, and I'm not say that to not female rappers because there is good I, I, female rappers. I know what you mean. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. But she's cool to male rappers. Yeah, yeah. She well, she's part of the female rappers talking about you know pussy pop and all that. Right. Shit right. That you know. So, like with that, I just look at it as like. If if it's true, Quavo has been writing our hits. I'm gonna be like, well, good luck because look what happened. Look at the city girls, you know, when Lil Yachty's not writing their shit, none of their songs pop. They're not. So I just look at it as, hey, good luck to her. Hopefully, she can find another good writer. Hopefully, she can you know continue to make music that girls want to listen to because. I, when you compare artists, Quavo is clearly bigger. You know, he's clearly more talented. So, far as the relationship shit goes, who gives a damn? But far as music wise, yeah, Quavo is better, and I don't think he's going to be missing much out of her musically. Yeah, you know, I just hope that they continue to make good music or whatever. Like, sweetie, I'm not really like the biggest fan of her music, or at least I wasn't. But she's put out a couple songs that I like here and there. Like, she's not, you know, so bad, and. Quavo, you like you know, not type in the shower. <laughs> nah, <laughs> that's wild, yeah. That's a, that's a wild visual to even give anybody. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> nah, like I, <laughs> the shit that I'm talking about is that Lottie Da shit. You know, you know what I'm talking about? No, nah. Anyways, I think that you know they just need to continue making good music and trying to do the best that they can. I, I don't really care about this. I don't. You know, I I could give two fucks about their relationship because that has nothing to do with me. 
Yeah, uh, I'm with you on that part where like the relationship part, it doesn't mean much, but I think from just from like a music standpoint, I agree where at this point, Quave, the Migos are like a legendary group in hip hop. That's what yeah, I'm course. saying. They're a legacy act. So I think the only thing I'm interested in seeing out of this is like, because Quavo is the bigger artist between the two is if they do separate, I'm quite sure he's not going to be part of them. He's not going to be doing anything with them, but I don't know, man. I, I'm curious to see how it plays out because I, I just can't see him really writing music. I did see a video on Instagram or Twitter where they were together, but I'm not sure if it was that day if it was after the breakup stuff happened or what, because I, I know she was promoting a new single. So I'm not sure if it was with Quake. Cause if it was, I mean, it's, surprise, it's the, surprise. The, the ploy, the ploy of having somebody of using the breakup, using social media for what it's supposed to be used for. So that's wild, man. That's People just get caught up in the moment. It happens to everybody though. You know what I mean? Like we all, we all get there where we're all like wrapped up in somebody else's shit, but it's like, this shit is just, I just really don't care. I just don't. Well, let the people know what you care about, Spence. I know I you about um, seeing if cast. I'll, see, you were about to say, you. yeah, go ahead. Tell, <laughs> yeah. tell the listeners what you care about, Spence. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> I care about seeing if how well Cassidy does against Hitman Holla in this R- RBE battle on April third, man. Because anybody that's kept up with Cassidy, the rapper from 20 years ago that was a was a star at one point in time with B-Boy Dance, Drinking My Two-Step, I'm a Hustler, X, Y, and Z. He is now battling former Wildin' Out star, Hitman Holla, a.k.a. A, a, a URL rap battle legend. And But now he is, his, his form of battling is on the comedy stage in terms of Wildin' Out, so... Okay. I'm very curious to see how that works out because they had a face-off that was hilarious. It's hilarious because you could just tell, because nobody has, in terms of rap, I think in terms of battling, nobody really has the respect for Cassidy like that. He's just a big name. Call a spade a spade. He's he's a big name. He's a big name that brings tickets in. I might even go, I might, I'm probably not going to attend it, but I I would love to attend it, but because it's going to be something hilarious to watch. Man, uh, you know, there were some funny jabs thrown by Hitman that I thought were funny, you know what I mean? Talking about him being carried like a little boy and whatnot. Like, yeah, this shit sounds funny when you hear him say it. But at the same point in time, like, it's weird because the only time I saw Cassidy battle was against Arsenal. And if you've listened to that listener, any, any listener who has listened to that battle knows that it didn't go Cassidy's way. And that's putting it lightly. (laughs) You know what I mean? So all I'll say is that I'm sure Hitman Holler won't, you know, if they do do this, it'll be, it will be funny. That's what I'll say. Yeah. With this shit, with Cassidy and all that, I look at it, it's like, hey, this shit is just entertainment. Like he he has to know what he's getting himself into. He has to, you know. But then again, we don't know. Some people really believe their own shit. So Cassidy last year, he was he was out here putting out different different videos in terms of him like making beats and at the time because he was trying to learn how to do <laughs> music production. And I'm not gonna lie to you, the beats were horrible. I mean he got better, but he was taking the beats and taking the beats and rapping on them. And it just the bars was all right, but like the beats weren't that good. I think he's just trying to find a I think he's trying to just restart his career and 
anybody that's uh, kept up with Cassidy, whether it's the battle with Arsenal or the battle with Goods, and I think there was a no, I think those are the only two battles he's he's done since he's came back. He's there for entertainment, and even like he's he claims because he's some people would say he's a delusional person in these when he's having these conversations. He's like, yo, I'm the highest paid battle rapper ever. He's like, no one's ever got paid more than me. So I, it kind of puts it out there right there for me that it's just a money play. Uh, Hitman Holler was saying some of the stats, you know, for the videos. And I, I had to look him up because I was curious. And he was like, <laughs> tell me one, one video that's did more than a million views. And I... I could not find one. I could not find one. <laughs> or it was no. like it was like one that was like one there. You know what I mean? But like not not the other ones. It, it was like nah. kind of funny to watch. But Cassidy even told him though, listen, I got over five million views in every battle. He's like, on what video? He was like, <laughs> he was like, <laughs> he was like, yo, he's like, I have over five million views. He's like, no. I got over five million views. He's like, well, who? Everybody, anybody I battle. <laughs> Maybe he's just in on it. You know what I mean? Like, that's what's up. If that's if he just wants to, you know, make some money, you know, shout out to him. Yeah, I mean, I'll put it like this with Cassidy. He's he knows how to it's like wrestling. Watching this is like watching wrestling where Cassidy's just getting under the skin of somebody. And he does it in a way where it's like he had Hitman Holla upset because I think he Hitman Hollis said, yo, I'm good in Philly more than you are. He was like, doesn't nobody even, he was like, yo, no one even knows you in St. Louis. He was like, I asked about you. Nobody heard anything about you. He was like, Hitman Hollis gets up and starts yelling to everybody that I guess is behind the camera. Meanwhile, Cassidy's was like sparking up a blunt. So he's like, <laughs> he was like, he's like, dog, nobody's ever heard of you while he's like sparking up. And it's just like, yo. It's like Cassidy knows he's just it, this is like what you see with Conor McGregor. But in the sense that like when Conor McGregor was fighting Jose Aldo yeah. and you saw where Conor was like getting in the head of somebody, mm-hmm. but he can actually beat him. In yeah. this situation, it wasn't necessarily the case. Like, like I think similar to like with AJ, I think Cassidy is going to have to kiss the ring because I, I, I'm not sure when they're having it, but. Not the Cassidy battle, because that's April 3rd for anybody that wants to watch it on RBE. But I know AJ, uh, Anthony Joshua, he will be kissed. They've set up a match with, I think, a rematch clause between him and the Gypsy King, a.k.a. Tyson Fury. The lineal champ, we'll say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that don't look like... It, it looks trashy, but I understand, like, you know, it's cool, but they could, like, redesign the belt or something. Like, come on, yo. Like, come on. It's time. Okay. I get <laughs> I get the purpose. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I get, I understand the purpose of lineal champion. I understand the purpose of it because it, it, it makes sense, but I just don't feel like you should use that as, like, the, hey, I am a champion because no one ever talks about it. Like, because it, it just signifies that you beat the man that beat the man. That means nothing. It means a lot. It means to no. beat the, far the as man cha- that beats the man. As far as championship goes, it means nothing. And I'm going to tell you why it means nothing. If it meant something, there would be one world heavyweight championship across the board. <laughs> but you have 10 belts for one weight division. <laughs> so why, why does it matter? Why, sh- why do, should I believe your championship means more than the other nine? Why? I mean, 
I mean, in this situation, I'll say this, right? Because I, I definitely understand where you're coming from with that, right? Okay. My thing in terms of Tyson Fury, it was like, look at it like Dragon Ball Z, right? All you right. know how they got to get together to get the Dragon Balls together to get the dragon, and then they make yeah. the wish, and the, the balls dismantle and go everywhere, right? Right. In this situation, he beat the guy that had all of the belts. Okay. He beat he beat the guy that had all the belts. He beat Klitschko, had all the belts, and then when Tyson Fury left because of like drugs and all of that stuff, yeah. then just like the Dragon Balls, because he made he got his wish, his wish was granted, and then he left the game because of drugs or whatever. Yeah. And then the belts kind of just made their way across the world again. I.e. in the hands of Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua. This so. is real life. It should not be that difficult. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like to unite I mean, the belts. It's just like, yo, like let's Let's just work on re- reuniting the belts in some way, shape, or form, you know? Yeah. yeah. Just unite the championships, have one de facto world heavyweight champion of boxing. This is the guy. They're combining six, seven different belts to be like the undisputed unified champion. It means nothing. This bout should be like, hey, this is all the belts combined into one true championship belt. If Tyson wins, he's the guy. If Anthony wins, he's the guy. Not he's the WBO, WBC, IBO, IBF, the Ring Magazine, the Lineal, <laughs> the ESPN <laughs> Magazine. Like, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it, it just dilutes the, you know, the credibility of a championship. You know what I mean? Like, that's what's been going on with the welterweight fighters with Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence. Who's the true number one welterweight? Well, Terrence Crawford got the World Boxing Organization Hmm. belt. You know, Terrence Crawford got, Errol Spence got the, you know, IBF and whatever corrupt organization championship belt. So I'm glad that they're fighting because it's going to be like, all right, who's the true number one heavyweight in the world between Anthony and Tyson? They got the guys right. The championship shit, it don't matter, man. It don't matter. You know, like, they just need to unify the belts. It's just very, because guess what? You still got the British heavyweight champion, the United Kingdom heavyweight champion, the Saudi Arabian champion, you know, that they're waiting to put the belt on one of the winner of the fight. Like, it's just, it's just too much shit. With that being said, I think Tyson Fury is going to beat Anthony Joshua. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you, Lyle. And uh, does anybody know when this fight is happening? Nah, I I just saw there was an announce announcement. They'll probably have it. Some they'll probably be making it probably within the next three to six months. Probably. I got yeah. Tyson Fury. I'm not sure if he's going to finish him or anything like that. It's it's possible, but I mean, like from what I've seen from Tyson Fury, I think he'll just you know keep him in the deep waters and you know fuck with him a little bit. I, yeah, I'd see him win a decision. Anthony Joshua, he's not a bad heavyweight boxer. I just think Tyson Fury's the better boxer. Yeah, he's, he's nice. Yeah, so, you know, unless Tyson Fury comes in overweight, out of shape like Andy Ruiz, it's really his fight to lose. That's how I see it. Hmm. Uh, even then, even if he came out of weight and out, overweight and out of shape, I still would have Tyson Fury winning. Hmm. Only, I listen, I say that, Listen, when he was when there was only one champion, he was he was in the same space and he beat that guy. He beat Klitschko the same way. I think Anthony Joshua is going to lose this fight, regardless if it goes to decision. Anthony Joshua has a chance of winning, depending on where the the fight is. 
just because you know how things can be with not even just boxing but just sports in general uh when you have like something like that's a that's a earner pretty much right so i have tyson fury winning the fight i think i wouldn't be surprised if he can if if he can he could probably get joshua out by the i'm gonna say he 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 can get Joshua out by like the ninth or tenth round. I was thinking but, eighth. Okay, yeah, yeah, later round. Yep. Okay, I was thinking yeah. eighth. Yeah, like it just—it really just depends. But Tyson Fury is hands down Tyson Fury to me. I—I've always believed is has been the best the best fighter amongst all boxers in the past. Maybe out of heavyweights oh, over the past six or seven years, ever since he's won the championship. When he first beat Klitschko, ever since then I've, I haven't seen anybody else prove that they are as good technically i guess you could say mm. so well i mean but, shout out to yeah. boxing they finally got one matchup correct and you know it took a long ass fucking time and it was probably people but like yo we are not paying for this pay-per-view so you know of course they get scared because it's fucking their money up and they decided to put the correct matchup it's funny how that works when money is involved in shit like that so thank god but, Shouts out to, you know, the corrupt pr- promoters that decided to be not corrupt for one moment of time to give us a legitimate heavyweight title fight. So thank God for that. But from one title fight to the next title fight, both heavyweights, we got the biggest and baddest rematches they love to promote. <laughs> Stipe Miocic, two-time world heavyweight champion, Rematch in Francis Ngannou and the biggest heavyweight rematch as the UFC is promoting of UFC history. Me, personally, I'm going to root for Francis. I want Francis to win. I think Francis has a better chance at winning. I just think Stipe is going to win a decision again because I just think his wrestling is just too much for Francis, even though he got Kamara Usman in his corner. I think Stipe is just going to wrestle, out-wrestle him, grab a decision, and move on to lose to John Jones. What do you guys think? <laughs> so I see it going one of two ways, right? I see it, if Francis wins, he gets him out by the first or second. Some type of crazy punch puts him out cold. I think if Stipe wins, he, he just brings him into deep waters, fourth, fifth, uh, I think he goes to a decision with a possible fourth, you know, attempt at a fin- at a finish of some type. And uh, I-, I think the more likely to happen is uh, Stipe with the decision overall. I think he just has too much skills. Like he's no slouch. While Stipe, while Francis might be, you know, one of the most dangerous heavyweights we've ever seen. Um, Stipe is is very skilled and has beat him before. If he can just improve on what he did, then he'll get the win. Yeah, I I can I agree there. Where I think Stipe will get the win out of this. I will be rooting for Francis, similar to Lau. That's from like just a fan perspective, but from like just being realistic, I yeah. do feel as though do feel as though Stipe is going to win this fight. Similar to I'm not sure if you guys remember, but I think it was when after he lost the after Francis lost the first time, I think he went on to fight Derek Lewis next. I believe right. Correct and. And in that fight, you could see where he was like, he wasn't, he was a shell of himself, where he was like scared. He was scared to do anything because he had just gotten, he had gotten beat over the course of multiple rounds because just from being 
being out wrestled. So I'm curious to see how how that mentality has changed now that he's back in the ring with the same person that gave him that mental put him in that mental space. But it's when it comes to Stipe, at the end of the day, Francis has a puncher's chance. But even outside of that puncher's chance, Stipe is probably going to grapple him. Stipe has already proved before that he can take a punch from Francis. Like, that's without question. So if Francis Francis has a shot in the first round, but after that, if he doesn't get him out of there, if he doesn't get Stipe out in the first round, I got to go with uh, Stipe. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm rooting for Francis. There was another title fight, um, Ortega and uh, fuck Volkanovski, but... Literally, like yesterday, yeah, postponed, Volkanovski tested positive. So the card is still not a bad card. It should be still a fun night of fights leading up to the the title match in the main event. But having that featherweight title fight, just if it was going to happen, who were you guys picking? I was going to actually, believe it or not, I was picking Ortega. I was going to pick Ortega to do it. I think Ortega had enough to take the bet away for Volkanovski in a solid decision. Volkanovski is not a slouch or whatever, but he's shown that, hey, if he doesn't mix in his wrestling, he can get beat. And Ortega's not bad on the ground himself. Well, I think um, Brian Ortega would have been enough to take him, only because I think what we can clearly say at this point in time about Volkanovski in the Max Holloway fights, at least, and of course it's MMA math, but he, the reason why he beat Max Holloway was because he had a good game plan, but Max Holloway is still no slouch, but he was just able to out game plan him. Now, I'm not sure if he would have been able to out game plan Brian Ortega. His style is a little bit more like unpredictable, I would say, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. And he will like, he'll be there with you on the ground and, you know, possibly get you on your feet. So I think it would be a little bit harder for him to win that fight, which would lead to Brian Ortega taking the win. Similar to what you said, like, I think, I think Volkanovski, he has, if he puts a good plan together, he can beat Brian Ortega. But I mean, it, I mean, granted, now it's all hypotheticals because he's out of the fight. Right. Yeah. But like, I would be rooting for Brian Ortega as well because he's, he's proven himself before. And I think it's just, it's nonetheless of just sharpening those skills, that skill set and creating a plan for the champion. Like, if you watch him fight Max, he's like, okay, he's been in the ring with Max before as well. So it's like, he knows he knows what to expect from his fight from Max as well as seeing okay, this fighter is a more improved fighter. Max is more improved than when he fought Brian Ortega back then. But it's like okay, I have the groundwork, I yeah. have a blueprint of how Max is, and depending on how I think I could beat Max, depends on how my performance against Max today is probably how he would probably compare that to how his performance would be against how Volkanovski's performance was against Max. And that's all like hypotheticals and stuff like that, nonetheless. But I don't know. I would have had Brian Ortega. Hopefully we get, hopefully this, they can reschedule this sooner than possible because he tested positive for for COVID, correct? Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So hopefully they can get this on the next card, possibly within the next month, because I know these type of training camps, he's trained super hard for this to get to this point. So, yeah, and that and that quarantine shit from Australia to America is no joke. You know, apparently you gotta when you leave Australia, you gotta quarantine in America for like two weeks, do all the testing. After the fight, you gotta be there for two weeks, then quarantine, then go back to Australia and quarantine for another two weeks. Like that's it sucks. So I don't I don't know if the UFC is gonna like hey just stay in America, we'll make it worth your while, we'll get you guys 
back together soon. Because if they send his ass home, we won't be seeing this motherfucker fight to like the fall because the quarantine yeah. procedures, you know, it's a long, because I know for me, if I'm going back home, I'm like, bro, I got a quarantine for a month before going back home. I'm, you know, let's just set this fight on a later date. Cause I'm not going to turn around a month later and redo this whole quarantine shit. That's, it's very taxing. You know, it's, it stops you from doing a lot of things cause you got to be confined in a space and you can't go out and train how you need to train for a championship fight, you know? So I think exactly that's, you know, unfortunate for Volkanovsky. Hopefully, you know, he's good and they put this fight back together because it, it's a good fight for the division, but another good fight for the division for a division higher than that is a little bit of surprising announcement, but not so surprising. Usman versus Masvidal, the rematch. Now, that fight is happening in April with two other title fights. And we could get into the other title fights later when the fight is getting closer. But for the main event, Usman, he got who he called out, Masvidal. Now, I don't think Masvidal deserves the rematch just because he's coming off a fucking loss. But far as money-wise, he knew people were going to tune in. And I think this is good because we're going to finally close the chapter on Street Judas Masvidal. And I think that it's time for Usman to continue his stardom and hopefully he could grab a finish over Masvidal. And it's crazy, man. Masvidal was the, he was the baby face. People loved him. They thought he was a street dude. And in 2020, he like, fucked everything up for himself and what I mean as far as like fan respect and love because it wasn't because he went out and supported Trump and everything like that it's the fact that he what he was like doing kind of like being bragging that he's a Trump supporter you know fake news this the election was rigged and all that MMA fans they don't like they don't like politics anyway and you already know there was a lot of people that did not like fucking Trump. So when he was doing all that, they were kind of like, mm, dude, like maybe not so street Judas, like street Jesus, like we thought you were, you know? And Usman, he's starting to get a lot of love too. Cause people are realizing like, hell, this guy's actually nice, not a foot stopper. So <laughs> this is Usman's chance to, <laughs> this is, this is Usman's chance to fold the guy up and, and prove to everybody like, Hey, Masvidal is, you know, he had a great 2019, he had some, you know, he had good matchups for him, but when it comes to the elite, he doesn't equal, he's not on Usman's level. I wrote for Kamara Usman, and I think he's going to actually finish him, but it'll, it'll be like a fourth or fifth round finish because Jorge is not a, you know, a guy you could just walk up and knock him out easily. He, he is a tough, durable guy. I think that Usman, when he does fight him, he gets him by a decision. I think he'll beat him again. Um, I don't really see Jorge Masvidal's wrestling improving so much over the short period of time to where it's going to be anything different. I think it'll be more competitive. But I mean, like, the only thing is that instead of in the second round, we'll see him get really tired. It might be the end of the third or the fourth. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's the way I see it going. It's not really going to be anything super crazy. You know, Kamar Usman is going to go in, do his thing, defend his title, and continue to, you know, further his reign yeah absolutely like i think uh, i agree there where i think uzman uh, uzman has uzman is going to win 
at the end of the day, like it's going to be a repeat cycle of what we saw last time. It's probably going to go into deeper rounds, of course, because like we've all said, like we all know that Miles Vidal isn't a slouch at the end of the day. He's just, it's that conversation of when we start talking about at the elite level, there's a different, there's those small, it becomes a very small difference between the very best and the elite. And I think for Masvidal, he's one of the best. He's one of the best within his division right now. But even though he is coming off a loss, unfortunately, but he's he's skill set wise, he's he's a top he's a top fighter skill set wise. But when it comes to being a champion and being at that elite level, it's Usman all day. And I think even though Masvidal will, he's a, he's probably going to improve as much as he can, whether it's his wrestling and other skill sets. We also got to remind ourselves when you're the champion, you're your main goal is to become a better champion, to create a bigger space between you and the number one, the number one pick. So, the number one contender. So it's I, there's not much more to say after that. I got Usman. I'll say fourth round, or Usman fourth round. I don't think this is going to decision. Yeah, I I put like this. Masvidal has one way to win, and that's he has to get a good. Catch Kamara with a good punch, yep. good strike of any form. Because if he goes in trying to wrestle, he's going to burn his tank fast. He's not going to out-wrestle Kamara. If he's trying to just box with Kamara, Kamara's not stupid enough to just get into striking exchanges and not even utilize his wrestling or his clinch work. He He's not dumb enough. And, and we've all seen Kamara's getting better with his boxing. So he mixes it up a lot better then Masvidal mixes it up. While Masvidal uses his wrestlers mainly for defense, while Usman, he's going to use it for his offense, but he's not just going to try to fucking wrestle you. He's going to try to jab you. He's going to maybe, you know, utilize his iconic foot stomps, and <laughs> he might do something. <laughs> like, he, he, Usman, he, you know, he just got a lot of tools in the shed, you know, bizarre or not. I just don't see... Masvidal, of course, he's going to land some strikes because Usman, you know, def- striking-wise, defensively, he's not the best, and he does get hit, mm-hmm. but he got a chin on him, too. So it's not like he's going to get folded up from a few punches because Masvidal hit him in their fir- first fight. Usman ate it, walked through, and was like, what's up? You know, so I – shouts out to Usman. Usman, make a statement and move forward and fight better deserving contenders. Let's put let's close the chapter on Masvidal like Habib finally closed the chapter on his mm-hmm. career because I I am extremely tired of the lightweight division being held up. Thank God Michael Chandler and Charles Oliveira is fighting for the vacant belts mm-hmm. soon. Woo, thank God. Thank yeah. God. <laughs> yeah, it, it's cool to see the belt finally, you know, on the move. I think you know, it, it pretty much confirms that Dustin Poirier and Connor are going to fight, you know, at some point in time in the summer. You know, if we, you know, if they didn't get it done, they're going to get it done. I'm excited to see this Michael Chandler fight. Charles Oliveira, I think it's an interesting matchup. Honestly, I think I might go for Michael Chandler. Shouts Me out too. To, shouts yeah. out to Charles Oliveira because, like, he's, like, you know, been doing this shit for a long time. But it's – I think Michael Chandler is just too fast, too, like, talented. Like, I think he'll just be too much, honestly. Yeah, uh, yeah, but so I mean, with that being said, shout out to Habib. Shout out to uh, Habib. I'm not a big Habib fan. Me I'll either. let you listeners know, but respect. He has earned respect because the dude is the greatest lightweight of all time. He's not the goat across the board. 
damn that. But for lightweight, <laughs> he is the greatest lightweight of all time. Absolutely. Without a, without a shadow of a doubt. The dude is currently number one for pound for pound from the general consensus list. Not fucking Nigel. I love John Jones so much list. <laughs> well, now that he's retired, who's number one now? It's it's Habib until they uh, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and realistically, Habib would be all the top lightweights right now. Michael yeah. Chandler and Charles Oliver included. You know, I so good on him. He's like, hey, I don't need the money no more. I made. I, I'm a multimillionaire. I have a whole fucking country nation behind me with Ru- Mother Russia. So he's good. He's he's goaded. Obviously, Hall of Famer. Shouts out to him. This is coming from somebody who's not his biggest fan, but I definitely respect what he's done. And he would have he'll he would just continue to pile drive the rest of the fucking lightweight division. There was nobody that could beat him right now. Nobody. Yeah. Um, similar to that, like, I mean, you got to set everything that needs to be said. I'm finally happy that he's he uh, he's officially announced that he's retired. So now we can actually go back to like regular schedule programming. Um, and that's really it. Like, I can't wait to see this Michael Chandler fight. So it, that's really it. That's all I have to say. I think the only only thing I question is because Khabib is only what, 31 or 30? Yeah, he's a young guy. He's probably like in his early 30s. I don't know the exact age, but it's definitely early 30s. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Khabib uh, Habib eventually comes back. And just because we know how we know how the game works at the end of the day. Like these guys retire and then they come back because now it's whoever like let the division be the division and then he'll probably come back. It might be a year or two from now, but uh, I'm curious to see how that plays out, but for the time being, I'm just I'm just relieved that now the division has just opened up. I wouldn't even be mad if he came back later and fought. Like if he truly doesn't want to fight, then then don't fight, and that's what he's choosing to do. I respect that, you know. But it's like don't like you know have us on this wild goose chase, like trying to figure out who you're fighting next, when you're fighting next, how much money it's gonna take. Like none of that. We don't have to see you fight anybody. If you won't fight GSP. But GSP was fighting people in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier this week and smiling yeah, while he really. was doing it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Outside the GSP, he's back in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe for the second time. Yes. And he he fucking it brought a smile to my face. It's the MMA <laughs> fan because it was just surprising. Yeah. Like it was surprising. Like oh shit, GSP's back. <laughs> and once again, he <laughs> played the same villain that he played before and. And the Falcon that got into it. GSP, this time he didn't get his ass whooped like he did with Captain America, but it was cool, you know. And speaking of the show, I think everybody should watch this fucking show. It's 10 times better than WandaVision. Already out the gate. Yeah. More action. It seems like the story is about to be like, oh shit, okay. Like they introduced a, a, a cool character at the end of the episode. So, I Falcon and Winter Soldier, everybody watch that. It's a good recommendation. Yeah, man. I was enjoying it watching it. And like I thought that just overall, it just seemed like a better show. Um, I thought it was cool how they're like introducing certain things. Like I don't want to get too far into spoilers right now, but like some of the characters and like, you know, factions that they're introducing are like little lore from the comic books and like 
I'm really into the comic book shit. So like to me, that was like interesting. So I had a good time watching it. You know, I enjoyed it a lot. Check it out, Spence. Yeah, yeah we know you didn't watch out. that shit. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you don't even have to try and lie about it. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I, there's nothing to lie about. <laughs> the truth, I haven't watched it. I'll, I'll, I'll find it. I'll find some time to try to check it out eventually. I, like I said, I've been wrapped up in Snowfall. So, oh, I started like, watching that. By the way, oh, you did? I did. What you think so far? You know what, man? I'm gonna continue watching it. It's not so bad. I can't even lie. I was just like, oh shit, like it's uh it's kind of interesting. How far did you, what uh, episode are you on? I can't remember. I can't tell you. I was uh, sitting here chilling the other night. You know, I, I don't, I don't know, man. Uh, got you, got you. But it's, I actually got to go back and rewatch season one because a lot of season four, um, the main character, Damon, I think his real name is Damon's Idris. Mm-hmm. He even said like, he suggested everybody go back to watch season one just because a lot of season one is taking place in season four. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, so it's a um, it's a crazy story. This storyline so far, anybody that's listened, anybody listening that has watched it, definitely suggest. I definitely suggest you go back and watch the first season because there's a lot of things I remember from season one that are showing them showing their face again in season four. So I don't know. It's it's a good good show though. I'm telling you, man, you. You gonna like you gonna like it. Just wait till like you get to if you make it to season if you make it to season two, you're you're gonna watch it. You'll be at season four before you know it. You're gonna like his uncle. That's what I'll say. His uncle's funny. Here's a little cheap uh cheap plug or whatever. So both stars of Falcon and Winter Soldier and Snowfall, Anthony Mackey and who's that guy? Damon Hydras. Shouts out to him. They both are starring in a Netflix movie as well that just came out a little bit ago. They oh, both, really? are, yeah, they're both part of the military, some kind of futuristic war story. Also, oh, they're, they're yeah, they're both on Netflix. So you know, greatness meets greatness, and they start together to make more greatness. So I can't remember the movie name, but it's on Netflix right now, and it did come out this year. So it's it is a new product. So they're just winning. And shouts out to both good brothers for winning. Yeah, definitely. I have to check it out. I did see him. Um, I did see something about that on his on his Instagram page. So I have to go check it out. I, I'll definitely have to check that out because he's, I'll say this from what I've seen in this show so far, he's a, he's a really great actor. All the other, act, all these young actors that, I, I forget some of their names, but they a lot of them have like a lot a high esteem for him as well, and he's another one of those UK actors that just plays an American very well. So, I mean, there's something there's something in the water over there, something in the water as well as like they take theater a little bit differently than America. So, yo, but yeah, it's it's really interesting. Speaking of that, I don't want to switch topics crazily. You know the little beef that's been going on between black American actors versus black UK actors, right? I've heard about it, yeah. This shit, to me, is fucking... Yeah, man. There's a thing. The shit is bizarre. They're both... I'm like, yo, they're brothers from across the seas, and they're doing well. What the fuck? (laughs) Some people are having a problem with some of these UK actors because they're coming over and playing American roles. Okay, Exactly, but see, that's that. My thing is this: at the end of the day, 
I I get I understand I get that, but at the same time, I also would say this personally, for someone to come over from a, their country, where they've spoke they speak their native language, even though UK has is very similar to English, right? But it's an accent. Correct. For them to be able to play an actor, Amer- play an American, definitely in in this case for Damon Idris, he's playing someone out of the eighties, a, a a drug dealer out of the eighties that's based out of like South Central or Compton or something like that. To play that and then at the same time when you hear him outside of out off camera, he sounds like a Brit. It's very interesting. Like to me, I think those actors are extremely talented. I, no, that's all I, it is. I agree with you, man. I agree with you. Like the whole Samuel L. Jackson thing when he was hating all John Boyega. I'm like, that's crabs in the bucket what? mentality shit. That's he yeah, hated all John Boyega. For, nah, for the, I've been on Lupitas. Yeah, so you know how John Boyega, his breaking role was Star Wars. You know, he did the Star Wars trilogy. Right. He was, you know, hey, first time black guys get on the face of Star Wars. Well, not a lot of people know that the dude was from the UK, unless he followed his career. But if you didn't know, you just thought like, oh, that's the black guy from Star Wars. You think he was American. Well, Samuel L. Jackson wasn't happy the dude was from the UK and playing an American role. And I'm just kind of like, that's crabs in the bucket mentality, bro. Like, you should be happy for the brother. Like, obviously they pulled him because he's very fucking talented. Damn from where he's from, you know? Like it's not like the UK. Oh, the UK is more white than like no man. This guy he deals with racism like we deal with racism. You know what I mean? So like it's he's a good actor. <laughs> like I don't get right. it. Like I don't know. I I just thought that shit was weird. But you know, shouts out to the dude from Snowfall. You know for doing yeah, this thing. Shouts out to Anthony Mackie. Yeah, the shout outs to all of them, man. Shout yeah. definitely shout outs to all of them because they they're doing a phenomenal job when it comes to this acting thing. But even then, like you have um what's his name? Idris uh Idris Alba Al- 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 fuck. It, yeah. Idris Alba. I think people fell in love with him in terms of like his acting and stuff like that when he was on the wire. No one even knew he was he was from across he was overseas. That's true. At the end of the day, you have someone that is help breaking down a door, kicking down a door, making a way for more actors that look like you to get further on, get further. And also on top of it, it inspires kids that watch this stuff that say, hey, I want to be an actor now. Like for us, when we were growing up, you only had what? Denzel Washington, Will Smith, Samuel Jackson, Wesley yeah. Snipes, and a handful of, yeah, a hand, and a handful of others. But now you have like a wider array of actors. And some of them come from overseas. Nothing wrong with that. And to pick you back on your point, from like back in the day, the actors and the legends, I would like to call them, that you listed, they played particular movie roles, not because they're they're limited actors themselves, but these were the roles that the was gears toward them. Now you see the actors, you know, brothers who are actors today. They're in a wide span of shit. They're doing every genre. The fact that, you know, because back in the day, let's be real, late 90s, early 2000s, the 80s, 70s, Star Wars, it was headlined by white people, right? And I'm not saying that to be all like fucked up and color, race and all that, but that's just what it was. Most sci-fi movies, it was just 
Caucasian people. That's all. That's all it was. You might have a black actor here, black actor there, but they were not the focal point of these movies. So the fact that you have John Boyega, a black man from the UK, who is hey, he's one of the main focal points of this current Star Wars trilogy. You know, that's a big deal as far as like black actors. Like, hey, we're getting in spaces that we weren't normalized being in back in the day. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying John Boyega should be the face of Star Wars or nothing like that. I'm not saying that at all. But just for like black people, it just shows like, hey, we could play in every role and it's now happening now. So just because the dude came from the UK, that shit shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter at all. It should, you know, can the guy fucking act? Yes. Okay, cool. And that's that's what that's all that matters. So the whole crab in the bucket mentality of like, oh, he's not really American. Like, dude, like what? <laughs> like that means nothing. Barriers are being broken for minorities that get into acting in terms of like roles and and limiting limiting the amount of typecasting that happens. Because I think a lot of actors we saw at one point being typecast and you had some actors that were vocal about their experiences of like, hey, I had to turn down certain roles so I wouldn't be typecast as an actor. And you got, we went as far as seeing, now you have someone like Michael B. Jordan, who's actually, he's about to be in a Tom Clancy movie. And yep. I I mean, we just call a spade a spade. More than likely, if that movie is a success, that's probably going to be a trilogy type of movie or a movie that just becomes a series that he'll probably be in for a long time. So it's it's one of those things where we just kind of got to like let it be and just kind of move forward and granted like the like when we speak about race unfortunately like on a, a darker note unfortunate note rather um it there, there was a a hate crime that actually happened in actually not too not too far from me actually about 15 15 20 minutes away from me um over the week last week uh uh I believe it was eight Asian people were killed due to from one single shooter that he had hit three different spots. Unfortunately, this is like a very sad thing. So it's just uh, only thing I just want to say is like I really want to send my condolences to the families of, of of the victims, and I hope that justice gets served in that situation. Yeah, I think it's it's crazy that a motherfucker can just because they're Asian people. He felt very angry and inclined. It felt like, hey, I'm going to do the world some justice by eliminating these people who are not bothering nobody. And I just, because of the fact of who they are and where they come from. And I believe that, you know, Asian people should not be fucking targeted because they're fucking Asian. And I think that's fucked up. And for the guy to do what he did, Hopefully he gets the books thrown at him. I mean, because you just can't just be killing people because they're fucking Asian. It's just, I think that's fucked up. You know what I mean? Kind of like what with us, you can't. Why are we being targeted because of the color of our skin? You know what I mean? I, and racism goes across the board. It goes across the board, and this should show people like, hey. There is racist people out there. This isn't just black people boohooing and crying. No, motherfucker, like, no, racism is real. So now that Asian people were being targeted and shot at because they're Asian, hopefully that opens people's eyes more of like, hey, 
there is racist pricks out there and they're willing to go so far above and beyond to kill because they don't like who that person is. It's, it's crazy. It's that shit's crazy. Definitely RRP to the people that lost their lives and, and the families that they have to go through that loss. Like, it's crazy, you know, and I, I definitely feel for them because that's that's just that shit is just traumatizing and it's just it's just wrong, man. This shit is wrong. Yeah, I think it's unfortunate what happened. And like the dude, like as to the possible reasons he, you know, you know, went and murdered these people. And there's no good reason for that amount of people, you know, to just be murdered in that type of way. Like it's very, you know, brutal and unfortunate. You know, I don't really have much to add on to what you guys said, but sending support to the Asian community and, you know, the things that, you know, they're dealing with at the moment. It's unfortunate. I hope that this situation doesn't push other people to feel as though like, Hey, I should do the same because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, um, from uh, one standpoint, we're all human and we have to kind of get like things like this are just not justifiable. And it's just very unfortunate. So I, like I said before, prayers to the family, I send my condolences and to the families of the victims. I hope that justice does get served because it's just uh, unfortunate. The the situation was just very unfortunate. And yeah, that's all I have to say about it. Prayers to the families, man. Definitely prayers to the families. So did we, did we have anything uh, to get to before we head out, you know, for the listeners? Um, no, no, I mean, no other thing is listeners, you know, we posted the MMA rankings, the first post last week. There's going to be another post this week. By the time this episode drops, it was, it's already be, been posted. So continue to look forward to that, you know, and leave your comments and leave your what you think about that, whether you're into MMA or not. Just tell, you know, ask us a question. Hey, what does this all mean? And we'd be gladly to explain the shit to you. So just continue to look forward to that. Yeah, even if you agree or disagree, let us know why you agree or let us know why you disagree, to be honest with you, because it's always good to be able to get that, that um, just to understand where people, the listeners are are coming from with their own perspectives as well. So uh, other than that, I don't have anything to really say. Uh, stay tuned to for new things that we got coming out. Um, oh, there is an album I do want people to check out if they get a chance. It's uh, called Colorway by Destin Conrad. Really good album. Uh, album I started listening to about two weeks ago. So if you get a chance, definitely listen to it. It's definitely, definitely a fire album. All in all. So other than that, I don't have much to say other than drink your water, wear your mask, and stay sanitized. Um, listeners, you can follow us at Advise Highly on Twitter, Highly Advice Podcast on Instagram. Follow the YouTube page, um, leave comments, you know, like, subscribe, all those good things. You have been highly advised. We will see you guys next time. Have a good one. Boom. Yeah. You've been highly advised. <laughs>